Hello, this is Supriti from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 10th of June. India reported less than 1 lakh cases for the third consecutive day today, with 94,052 new infections. While a little over 21 lakh tests were conducted, the real case figures are reported to be much higher. The country also saw a record rise in deaths from the coronavirus disease in the last 24 hours, after the Nitish Kumar government added as many as 3,951 backlog fatalities to Bihar's poll. Adding 6,148 deaths in the last 24 hours, the country's total fatalities now stand at over 3,59,000. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 174 million people and killed more than 3.74 million. In preparation for a possible third wave of the pandemic, the government issued comprehensive guidelines for the management of COVID-19 among children. The guidelines clearly state that remdesivir is not recommended and suggests a rational use of HRCT imaging. The guidelines were issued by the Directorate General of Health Services under the Health Ministry which also said that steroids are harmful in asymptomatic and mild cases of infections. The guidelines said, and I quote, Corticosteroids are not required in all children with moderate illness. They may be administered in rapidly progressive disease and anticoagulants may also be indicated. In cases of mild infection, the guidelines recommended paracetamol every four to six hours for fever as well as throat-soothing agents and warm saline gargles in older children and adolescents for cough. In case of moderate infection, the guidelines suggested initiating immediate oxygen therapy. For severe COVID-19 among children, the guidelines said that if acute respiratory distress syndrome developed, then antimicrobials could be administered if there is evidence of superadded bacterial infection. It also suggested organ support in case of organ dysfunction. As mentioned earlier, the death count in Bihar showed a drastic spike following a recent direction by the Patna High Court, which expressed concern over inconsistencies in the toll in Baksar district. On June 7th, the official toll figure in the state was 5,424. But on June 8th, the government said the figure had gone up to 9,375 after it recounted deaths in all 38 districts. This is a jump of 72.84%. According to Indian Express, the fresh figures indicate that the number of lives lost in the second wave is close to 8,000 and a nearly six-time increase in the death toll since April. Patna accounted for the highest number of additional deaths reported after verification at 1,070. The Hindu reported that as per what Additional Secretary of Health Pratyaya Amrit told reporters yesterday, The rise in number of deaths reflects those reported at private hospitals, in transit to health facilities, under home isolation, and those dying of post-COVID complications after they tested negative and were discharged from hospitals. In some reassuring news, Sir Gangaram Hospital in New Delhi reported the successful use of monoclonal antibody in two COVID patients who had fast progression of symptoms within the first seven days. Both patients recovered and were discharged within 12 hours. Speaking to NDTV, Dr. Pooja Khosla, a senior consultant of the Department of Medicine at the hospital, said, and I quote, Monoclonal antibody could prove to be a game-changer in times to come if used at the appropriate time. 
it can avoid hospitalization in high-risk groups and progression to severe disease. It can help escaping or reducing the usage of steroids and immunomodulation, which would further reduce the risk of fatal infections like mucomycosis, secondary bacterial and viral infections like CMV, end quote. She added that early identification of the high-risk category in our population, as well as timely therapy with monoclonal antibody, could reduce the burden of cost on the healthcare sector. Literary Naxals is the newest addition to the ever-growing list of names given to anti-nationals in the country. Indian Express reported today that Gujarat Sahitya Academy's chairman, Vishnu Pandya, criticized a poem written by Gujarati poet Parul Khakkar on the bodies of suspected COVID victims found floating in the Ganga in Uttar Pradesh and Bihar. In the June edition of the Academy's official publication, Shabda Shrishti, he accused Khakkar of using the poem to spread anarchy and also called those who discussed or circulated it literary naxals. Pandya described the poem as pointless angst expressed in a state of agitation. The editorial said words had been misused by forces who are anti-center and anti-center's nationalist ideologies. Speaking to Indian Express, Pandya said, and I quote, There is no essence of poetry in it, and neither is it the proper way to pen down poetry. This could merely be venting out one's anger or frustration, and it is being misused by liberals, anti-Modi, anti-BJP, and anti-Sung elements, end quote. The poem, Shavvahini Ganga, originally written by Khakkar in Gujarati, criticizes the Narendra Modi government and talks about the suffering of Indians during the second coronavirus wave, according to The Wire. Khakkar had posted the poem on her Facebook page on May 11th, and it has since been translated into at least six languages, including Hindi and English. Poetry aside, it's a fact that India's healthcare infrastructure was in shambles during the second wave leading to a massive surge in cases and deaths. The daily cases count touched 4 lakhs in May, and while the death toll was in thousands, several reports alleged that the fatalities were underreported. News Laundry has been reporting on the pandemic consistently across several states. The latest report is by Anna Priyadarshini, who looks at the impact of the lockdown on Delhi's industries. In the video report, she found that factories in the national capital are still recovering from the losses of last year's lockdown, and the second wave of COVID has brought them to their knees. You can find the report on our website, newslaundry.com. It is titled, Difficult to Survive. How are Delhi's industries coping with COVID and the lockdown? Like most news organizations, we do our best to report on the current state of affairs. But what is also important to us is to make sure that issues are not forgotten. A case in point is Ayush Tiwari's latest video explainer on the 2020 Northeast Delhi riots. In the explainer, Ayush explains how the police has shied away from probing the role of Hindu mobs in these cases, while also casting a blind eye on the participation of police personnel in the violence, among other issues. The explainer is titled, how poor evidence fabrication marred police probe into Delhi carnage. The freedom that allows us to do reports such as these rests on our subscribers. It is because of them that we have the time and resources to focus on the stories that matter and not let them get lost in the never-ending news cycle. This is because our subscribers believe in our vision to keep news free and independent that we do not have to indulge in clickbait sensationalism in order to hold power to account. 
If you are the kind of person that believes in this power of good journalism, then do your bit to protect it by subscribing to us. Our lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. For the seventh year in a row, the BJP topped the charts when it comes to receiving corporate and individual donations. The party received roughly 750 crore rupees in donations from companies and individuals in 2019, according to its contribution report submitted to the Election Commission. In the same period, the Congress party received 139 crore rupees, the NCP 59 crores, the CPIM 19.6 crores, and the TMC 8 crores. Among the BJP's biggest donors were BJP MP Rajiv Chandrasekhar's Jupiter Capital, as well as the ITC Group, Prudent Electoral Trust, Jan Kalyan Electoral Trust, and real estate companies Macrotech Developers and BJ Shirke Construction Technology. Prudent Electoral Trust was the highest donor at 217.75 crores, followed by ITC and its subsidiaries at 76 crores. Indian Express reported that at least 14 educational institutions were also among the BJP's donors, as well as many BJP members, MPs and MLAs. However, since the contribution report only lists donations above 20,000 rupees made by individuals, companies, electoral trusts and associations, the total contribution that the BJP received in 2019-20 is expected to be much higher. The party's income from electoral bonds is still unknown, since it hasn't submitted its annual audit report. The EC had extended the deadline for the submission of the annual audit reports for 2019-20 to June 30th. An under-trial prisoner in Tihar jail approached a Delhi court yesterday, claiming that he was beaten up by other inmates inside the jail and forced to chant Jai Shri Ram. The inmate, Rashid Zafar, was arrested in 2018 for allegedly being a member of an Islamic State-inspired group that planned suicide attacks and serial blasts in Delhi and other parts of North India. In a video where he narrated the incident, Zafar said, and I quote, I was taken out of the ward and two men and a sipahi beat me. They beat me because I am in a terrorism case and they are making me chant Jai Shri Ram slogans. End quote. The DG of Tihar jail, Sandeep Goyal, claimed that Safar had injured himself while running away from security staff. He said, and I quote, He has self-inflicted injuries and we are conducting an internal inquiry to ascertain the exact sequence of events. We are also conducting an inquiry to find out how he recorded the video from a phone inside the jail complex. End quote. The case is set to be heard today. On the first day of the Mumbai monsoons, at least 11 people, including 8 children, lost their lives yesterday after a residential building collapsed on another structure at a slum in Mumbai's Mallard area. Seven people sustained injuries in the incident. Officials said that more people could be trapped under the debris and that search and rescue operations were underway. The police have detained the contractor of the building and booked him under Section 304, Subsection 2, which is culpable homicide not amounting to murder of the Indian Penal Code. Reports said that the building collapsed at around 11pm, following heavy rainfall in the city during the first day of monsoon. The chief of the National Disaster Response Force, SN Pradhan, said today that 15 NDRF teams have been deployed across Maharashtra in view of the heavy rains. Meanwhile, the Indian Meteorological Department issued a yellow alert for Mumbai for the next four days. 
According to Scroll, a scientist at the Mumbai branch of the weather agency said that yellow and red alerts had also been issued for some districts on the Konkan coastal strip. The IMDB has four color codes signifying the intensity of weather events, while an orange alert is an indication to be prepared for likely extreme conditions. Red is a warning to take action to protect life and property from extremely bad weather. Green indicates normal conditions and yellow is to keep watch for deterioration in the weather. Apart from Mumbai, an orange alert has also been issued in Pune, Satara and Kolhapur districts for Saturday and Sunday. The state-run Global New Light of Myanmar reported today that new corruption cases have been opened against Myanmar's deposed leader, Aung San Suu Kyi, and other former officials from her government. The state newspaper quoted the Anti-Corruption Commission as saying that the accusations were related to the misuse of land for the charitable Dok Hinki Foundation, which she chaired, as well as earlier accusations of accepting money and gold. According to Reuters, she has been charged under Section 55 of the country's anti-corruption law, which provides for up to 15 years in prison for those found guilty. The cases that Suki already faced ranged from the illegal possession of walkie-talkie radios to breaking the Official Secrets Act. Her supporters, however, believe that the cases are politically motivated. The army overthrew Suki in February this year, alleging that her party had cheated in the November elections. The accusations had been rejected by the previous election commission and international monitors. Since the coup, the army has failed to establish control. The UN Special Rapporteur on Human Rights in Myanmar has warned of mass deaths from starvation and disease in the wake of fighting between rebel groups and junta forces in the east of the country. At least 800 people are known to be dead, and 100,000 people have been displaced since the unrest began. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe and hold on during these trying times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.